Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you know I always do something stupid, like I say three, two, one before I press record. What do you do in radio? Uh, well, kind of once a radio station is turned on, it's then not turned off until it, it ceases <laughs> transmitting. So there's... You know, you know it's like three, two, one, and a little, little red light goes on. No. No, you have a red light that comes on when you put the microphone fader up. Ah. But, uh, yeah. Fun. Anyway. Fascinating kickoff to a rugby podcast, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? it? Just uh, we're live on Facebook to the world. We're on iTunes and Acast. Uh, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Let's let's do this, gentlemen. Hand the pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that love the game. Uh, we are Tim. Um, we are JB. Hello, Timothy. We are Phil. Hello, Tim. And we are here for you every single week with a brand new podcast talking about rugby, which this week will take in the Avicii Premiership penultimate round of regular season games. Uh, also some games going on in the Pro 12. Plenty of other chat aside. Warren Gatlin's been out taking to Twitter and getting ruined. More on that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for this. It was really good. We've got a game that's been sent in, which I think you're going to enjoy. And uh, I'm going to share with you as well a five-star review that's been left on iTunes. We don't ask for much, but we do ask that if you take a moment of your time to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's all right, JB. Uh, just adding to the tension. Then you could get it read out like Theo Wilson, 32, is. Uh, he says, with the commitment of Johnny Wilkinson diving into a tackle or Big Gav heading to the tanning salon, these boys, uh, the boys, fi- fire straight into the topics essential for listening for all self-respecting rugby fans. Why are Sale the best team with ball in hand? <laughs> in brackets, they're not. Uh, who actually is English qualified? And how many Nazis played for the Springboks? <laughs> <laughs> However, if you want to know what Ellis Genge really did at Bristol, you might want to go elsewhere. Unless you want to fill... Fill people in now? No. Nope, no, nope, moving never. on. Uh, cracking listen with great banter and insight. Cheers, lads. Well, thank you, Theo Wilson. Much appreciated. Leave your review on iTunes. You can listen on, a- on ACAST or anywhere else. You can find a podcast. Bank holiday weekend. We're in on a Sunday. We never stop, though, do we? We never We st- are relentless. Slaves to, slaves to rugby. Slaves. Did, did you work this weekend? Are you just a regular civilian? What, what's going on? I, I I was sat in front of my telly watching rugby. I did no work in, wow. the, in the rugby arena. What was it like watching rugby like the pro, proletariat do? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it reminded me of the good old days. Um, that was all right. It was. I, I, I like watching rugby on the telly, I'm going to admit. I, yeah, like, I like watching it. Do you know what? This week wasn't might not have been your best week to s- stay in front of the TV watching any rugby, actually. 
Especially in the Aviva. Avicii, why is that? I don't know, I just, I just felt, I did not feel the games were a bit flat. I felt like every home team was putting in a massive effort. Every away team sort of didn't show up because obviously it's the last lot of home games for half the teams. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. But there were some really impressive games. I, I liked this because there were lots of people having their last home game in front of their home crowds. Yeah. And that yeah. always adds to the spice of an occasion. And there's always like, there's kind of three ways to consider this, isn't there? It's like, marvellous career, uh, well done, get clapped off, i.e. Um, Nick Evans. Nick Evans. Yeah. There is, um, thank God they're going, uh, <laughs> right, which I'm not going to name any names, but I'm sure there might have been one or two. It's like, yeah, won't be missed. And there's, what have we done? Like Freddie Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Burns who put in a great performance. Again. Uh, yeah, again. So Freddie Burns is a bit weird, isn't he, in terms of every time that he leaves a club, he leaves when he's playing well and then arrives. Actually, that's not true because he arrived at Leicester not playing well. So let's just hope for Bath's sake that he pulls this performance and its form over into his new shirt. Well, it's an interesting one, that. Um, did you see someone messaged us on Facebook to... Uh, ask if we'd listen to one of the recent Green and Gold podcasts. Yes, Ben Darwin. I'm having him on the Rugby Dungeon this week. Have, have you <laughs> have you listened to that? Yeah, it's amazing. Fascinating. Re- really, really interesting. But one of the points that he makes is the amount of time it takes for players to actually settle in a yeah. new club. Uh, and it was making me think of the George Ford, um, Freddie Burns saga. They've all each been at those clubs for two or three years. And... His point was it actually takes three years for any player to fit properly, to properly get back to their peak rugby when they settle at a new club. So you could have a period where two years for, for the first two years of this transfer, both players are still playing below their capability of when they were at their previous clubs. Completely so, agree. So they're, even in two years' time, they'll still be worth less to their new clubs than they were to their previous clubs. So this kind of ties into a thought which I had today watching um, well watching the highlights of Wasps and then contrasting them with Exeter and it, it's got to be a, like a culture thing because presumably some lads could show up at a club and never settle in because the culture's not right or the coaches don't care or you know it, it just isn't right environment for you, you to into uh, uh, to integrate or you don't have those because like some combinations are more important than others Yes. Like like the, the relationship between a 9, a 10 and a 12, for example, or a hooker and a line-up uh, caller. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what I was thinking is, if you look at the really successful, the really successful teams that, uh, uh, this year, Wasps, um, Saracens and Exeter, well, I'm happy to class Exeter and Saracens in kind of the same bracket, the right sort of culture. They, you know, they sign a new player, but you don't see them immediately... You know, after maybe a year, I mean, we've not seen Campagnaro for 18 months, really. We've only seen a handful of games, yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, you can see the integration and the way that they bring them through. If you look at Wasps and their recent struggles, um, they're almost a little bit like Toulon in a sense, which is they rely on individual brilliance and player brilliance rather than team structure and culture. And how many players have they actually brought through in um, that team? I think it'd be unfair Wade, to say no. Wade, but they've definitely done some. Daily. Uh, like Cipriani is the heartbeat of that team and I think that's the point they rely on his talent so much that when he's not there or has a bad game the the wheels fall off I would say Gopeth is the heartbeat of that team I think Cipriani facilitates Gopeth playing (laughs) I I really do Gopeth's amazing don't get me wrong 
So but, when when Sippers wasn't playing this weekend, just gone. Uh, yeah, and last weekend, and the game against Leinster, Leinster when Sippers got battered, and you know against Sale as well actually when Sale beat when them. Sale won. Yeah, so I, I think there's a little bit of a uh, too long effect there. We can get into the games in a little bit more depth. I've got a question for you. So this weekend from Thursday night, uh, I watched. I watched the first round of the NFL draft. Okay. Which I love oh. as a spectacle. So if you're not aware of how this works, you're not an NFL fan. Teams based on from worst to best in the recent season pick from the players that are making themselves eligible for the draft, usually from university, college uh, sides. O- only, only from universities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, they, yeah. So anyway, you've got, these, you've got this pool of a few hundred college players all vying for a position and, and players become instant millionaires, don't know which side they're going to, and they get picked. But it's basically on a the, the, the team's judge who's the of most value to least value effectively. So I was thinking if, if suddenly there was a, a draft system in rugby union, there was a new organisation, you could pick any player in the world, who would you draft number one? Who would who would who would be mm. in contention as like the most valuable? Is it is it as simple as just going Bowden Barrett, number one, done. Well, okay, let's just let's just iron out a few things here. So number one, is our pick at their ages today? Yeah. For the foreseeable, uh, for the for the foreseeable future. I think so. I think just, right. like who'd you take now? Yeah. If you're gonna do it yeah, tomorrow. So if but if you know, Nick Evans would be a daft choice. Yeah. Uh, yes, because right. he's, he's got one game left. Uh okay, so um yeah, I think Bowden Barrett being the best. You've got to go with the ten, right? I I find it really, really, really difficult to look past Bowden Barrow. Yeah. What, what about a tight head? Interesting. How many how many scrums are there, even in an international game now? How many scrums are there? It's still an important element, but nothing like it was five years ago. And as I've mentioned before, plastic pitches, I reckon, are going to near enough kill off the scrum. I don't mm. think... I, I, I don't believe that will happen, but... Well, no, because you don't knock well, it on as much. But I do, I do believe less. Well, there's there, the data's there to prove it. There's many less scrums than there were because higher skill levels five, like six, everything. seven, eight years ago, and the and the hit has changed it as well. So players I, like Adam Jones overnight became went from being one of the most dominant tight heads in the world to kind of guy decent. Yeah. Um, and also, scrums are being refed differently these days. There does seem to be kind of uh, more scope to let the boys play a little bit and not blow up for a penalty particularly if the ball is at the back of the scrum alright so not tight head what about what about scrum half important but not but not as ba- not, not as, as critical as they were weirdly uh, well even on that I think um, certainly in France scrum halves are more valuable le petit général yeah because they control the game so much someone like uh, Morgan Parra for example is so important to to how Claremont play, mm. um, or Maxime Machinot at, at Racing. It can be on an individual level. It doesn't have to be done on, oh, I think it would be a fly-half there for Bowden Barrett. Bowden Barrett well, is a complete player. You could slot him in at full-back, outside centre, and he'd probably still have an incredible impact on the game. That's true. That's why he'd be my number one draft pick, basically. I, well then- I also think it, it's probably a fly-half, yeah. but not necessarily... Like a couple of years ago, there would have been a very strong argument right. to say Israel Falau. So rank your positions in order of importance if if you've got your draft board. I think that depends on the players that there are. Yeah. So my first would probably be Bowden Barrett. Bowden Barrett. One. He's he's our number one NFL number one draft. I was, sec- I was thinking someone like Izzy Falau, but maybe Izzy Falau a couple of years ago, not 
of recent months. Yeah, he's not not in the best form, but he's also in a, a Tars team that are partic- performing particularly badly. Yeah, and also, do you look at do you look at talent level, okay, or rarities of skills in a certain position? I.e., there's not that many six foot seven men about or twenty stone men about. Well, mm, I, I, or do you go out and out talent? I think I think the whole po- what I love about the NFL draft is it's it's people just assessing effectively raw athleticism, pure value, pure value based on whatever skill set you whatever set of. Well, that's kind of what I was I was getting at because until very recently, running backs didn't go until very very late, and they're the most athletic guys on the team. Y- yeah. Okay. But there's because it's a common choice. Bowden Barrett goes number one. Who who'd be who'd be up there in the mix for number two? Uh, Owen Farrell. Guy like Izzy Falau. Owen Farrell. Yeah. Owen Farrell would be up there. I'd also be tempted by another Kiwi fly half. Although he's been playing. Cruden. Well, he's been playing virtually all of his rugby at fullback at the moment. Who's that? D Mac. Damian Ah, McKenzie. Did you see that try score at the weekend? Oh my god! Damian McKenzie's a fly half. Uh, he's a junior junior grade fly half. I've always I've and only it, ever seen him play fullback. Well, so so have I. Mm. But I know he's a junior grade fly half, and I also know he kicks sticks. Yeah, but he and he's kicking sticks ahead of stacks Pruden. up. Um, and you you can get some intimidation points out of his Joker smile. That is so <laughs> sinister, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I think it'd be very interesting to see uh, whether he gets a shot against the Lions, Parti- been, particularly because. Bowden Barrett hasn't been kicking because Geordie Barrett has been kicking sticks for the Canes. Do you, do you think he might get disadvantaged a little bit because it's very clear what Warren Gatlin wants to do and that relies on a lot of size? Is it, though? I don't know. I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm still not convinced about that. Just because JD2's on the plane, I don't I don't think he's in the test thoughts if, he, if we were picking tomorrow. I don't yeah, even but think he'd be He's considered. taking Ben Teo. I mean, that's a pretty clear statement in a lot of ways. But, but Eddie Jones picks him in his matchday squad. Yeah, but for different reasons. I mean, I, I guess if they if they talk Stuart, Stuart McCloskey, it'd be it'd be a bit of a slam dunk what they were trying to yeah, do. Yeah, or Stu- Jamie Roberts, or both. Or be- yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, Jamie Roberts is playing ten. <laughs> <laughs> where where would Billy V? Where would he get drafted? Oh, where, would, where would he get? Dra- where, would he, where would he get? Where would he get drafted? Ooh, I think eights are relatively common. But good eights are. Ooh. So yeah, man, you. I was going to say how many are there? You could say Billy V, Falatau, Pickamols, Parise, Kieran Reed, Dwayne Vermarlin. Yeah, there's quite a few, isn't there? There's a few good ones, and, then, and, and potentially CJ Stander in that mix as well. And then you got the second tier, Issa, and, the um, Argentinian num- ooh, young yeah. lad. So I think you pick on rare talent, and then you pick on rare physical ability. Yeah. So someone like Luke Charteris would go fairly high because not very many people are built like him. <laughs> the what? advantage of him being I mean, I'm not six saying, inches taller. No, I'm not saying pick Luke Charteris. I'm saying people with rare physical abilities. So you don't get many 20 stone. I was about to say hi, Warren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not many t- uh, 22 stone tighted props that can you know do a lot do a lot of work. Yeah. Mm. So with that in mind, who would I go for next? Oh, I don't know. I, d- I don't know. I need I need to get my draft board out. All right. Well, well, we can come back to that. But it was interesting. It was interesting uh, watching the draft as an occasion. They had it out. It was, it's this big event, effectively. It's in Philadelphia. It, it's the, it? It, yeah, it was. It was outdoors in the middle of Philadelphia on the rocky steps. They had the stage. <laughs> is that what they did? Is it? Yeah. Um, and uh, effectively, it's the world's biggest school playground picking teams. Yes. Yes. There is. And so, 
do you know they've all got like they're not not that this is relevant to this podcast but I'll go into it anyway um They've all got their little draft rooms. So the people, do you, you've seen those little phones, which are pretty much redundant now. Yeah. So they started off, didn't they, like in the 60s or 50s or whatever, and they had to hardwire the phones. They've still got the phones there now. Uh, those are just random guys like um, cleaners or chefs or something, because all the, all the brains trust are actually in the war rooms back, back at the facilities. Mm. I love it. I loved it as a spectacle. It's but quality, I it? loved some of the rugby this weekend as a spectacle. So, uh, as a spectacle. So, should we start with some Avicii, JB? Uh, can you just give me a little bit more warning? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking when I cast my when I cast my eye around some of the games I want to talk about first. I'm thinking we should start perhaps with some Avicii. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it is playing, but the sounds don't. There we go. Some Avicii Premiership rugby. There you go. So smooth. Thanks, mate. <laughs> right. So as as with previous weeks, there's a, there's a lot of games which are effectively dead rubbers. Newcastle, Worcester, for example. I, 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 was, I, I was expecting that to be an absolute try fest. Yeah, yeah was, me it, too. It was a bore fest. Yeah. yeah, it was a bore fest. We can skirt over that one. Uh, there is... There's some teams which have something potentially to play for. Bath... Uh, I was, I was. A, that was shocking. Yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed at Bath because again, they, they, well, no, they pull their finger out when there's yeah. almost no chance of it mattering. Well, I mean, they're not four, necessarily. They're four points behind Leicester Tigers. The Leicester Tigers are going to uh, Bath are going to Sale. I think Leicester have got a big game. I think it might, it might be Wasps or someone. No, no, Saracens have got Wasps. We'll get Saracen- onto we'll get onto those. Ah, games. Okay. Leicester travel to Worcester. Yeah. Uh, so Leicester yeah. need basically a point. Yeah, to to confirm a top four position. So Bath have uh, done one in the bed, and uh, in previous weeks, and then pull out a really impressive performance when it doesn't matter, which really frustrated uh, me. I thought, well, what did you think of the game? Do, do you want to talk 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 about the game? Well, briefly? no, this is kind of what I was getting at is I don't I don't think because of the context. And again, Gloucester had an outstanding performance in Europe, and then Ugh. just looks really poor again so I almost I almost think by virtue of Bath's previous week's performances and by virtue of Gloucester's performance it all, they've almost they don't deserve a lot of airtime. <laughs> no I kind of get that but I think there are some important points here I mean this obviously was a televised game so BT thought it was rel- relatively important um I, I just well, call- they, they don't they don't decide the fixtures Do a week not? before no yeah it's, I thought it was like done- three or four weeks before Anyway, do, 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 doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah, but that's exactly my point. A month yeah. ago, Bath were in the box seat, and Gloucester yeah. could have had a top six position as well. It is annoying. I thought Gloucester were going to win this, and I was actually very surprised. I think what it came down to, and oh yeah, this is what I wanted to say. It really irritates me. Directors of rugby after the game, um, what's his name? Director of rugby for Gloucester, Humphreys. Humphreys, yeah. Comes out and starts talking about Gloucester's mistakes. When will a director of rugby come out and say we got battered because the other team were, techni- you know, were tactically a lot smarter, smarter than us? They fronted up, fronted up more. They yeah. played in the right areas of the field. Smashes in in, in defence, and that's exactly what happened. I think watching Gloucester the last few weeks when they scored their tries, it's usually from multiple phases, very, 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 very fast uh, recycle ball, and they couldn't do it today because Bath were off the line so quickly. The line speed was pretty, pretty remarkable, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So you think he should have been a bit more honest yeah. about it? Like we got absolutely hammered because uh, the rugby we were trying to play was completely snuffed out by Bath because they were more aggressive and more enthusiastic. 
done. Yeah. In- interview done. They said it's like, no, we made some mistakes. No, you didn't. Well, what, what games do you want to talk about, Tim? Well, that the, the, it's very, very interesting at the top of the table. And I'm... Uh, no, not not smug points, honestly, when I say... I, uh, did we both, Phil, call the Quinns win? I definitely called the Quinns uh, win. I think, I think I might have said Wasps win. The Wasps I think you, No, more. I think you and I had it on the same points as well. Uh, no, I called the Quinns win, 100%. Let the, let the tape, let the tape, let the record show. Well, I called the Quinns I win. I seem to think that I... I, I think, I think you both did. I think I agreed with you and we had the same points as oh, well. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. fair enough. I think you both did. Stand down, Tim. Yeah. Stand down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so <laughs> exactly, I could see this one coming and now the final weekend, Saracens v Wasps. For, for a home semi-final. Yeah. It's a shootout. And what's going on with Wasps? Yeah. That's exactly as I said before, I think. They rely too much on individual talent and not enough on, on systems and coaching. That's what I truly believe. It's interesting because I, I really didn't... I thought they would have more than enough in the bank to beat this. I do think that Quinns were buoyed by Nick Evans, both it being Nick Evans' last game. Did they mention that on... On commentary. <laughs> they might have mentioned it once or twice. I, I can't uh, remember. I don't but, know. I'll have to look back at the highlights see if, yeah, see if yeah, it was yeah. brought up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, rightly so it was brought up. Nine years, a premiership winner, one of the best players of premiership. He'd, he'd go in a, an all-time premiership 15. He is in the, you know, we, 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 we waxed lyrical, didn't we, again, about Marcus Ayotza being one of those guys that even when the premiership wasn't world-class, he was world-class. Yeah. Nick Evans is in the same sort of category there, I think. Def- yeah. Definitely. And he, Nick Evans himself rolled back the years, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. did. He had a man-of-the-match performance, and rightly so man-of-the-match. Um, yeah, that annoys me as well when um, they're about to retire and they put in a barnstorming man-of-the-match performance. <laughs> like, well, maybe not now. Maybe wait until you... Know, you Have you I got know, it right? He's staying on as a coach in some capacity? It surprised me if, he, if they didn't because they do have a might, good record of doing yeah, it. I believe I, that might be the case. I know he has been coaching. I think he's been coaching at Wimbledon oh, uh, RFC. Yeah, I, I know he has been doing some coaching. So, yeah, it, that would make sense. Um, so, if you look at this one game in isolation, you'd say, why is he hanging up his boots? If you do look at the whole of this season... Yeah, it, it soon it, becomes it, clear. Yeah, it's been very, very stop-start for Nick Evans. He's been uh, injured, back fit again, injured immediately... Back fit again, injured immediately again. So it does. It's it's the right time, but it was a hell of a performance. Yeah. I, hmm. And and I mean, we'll we'll get onto this in a little bit. I imagine it'll be our uh, our game of the week as we look ahead to next week. But Saracens looking ominous and peaking at the right time. And I've got Wasps have got their work cut out to get uh, to keep a home semi final. Which again, go back a few weeks, you'd have thought that well, that's done and dusted. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It, it was. It's been in their gift yep. for for a, oh, quite some time as well. It's been in their gift. Um, Saracens, interesting performance. First yeah, half. First half. They, I I half feel they got penalised out of the first half, mm-hmm. but they were making they were giving away stupid penalties, um, and then they did turn it on. Well, they were up against Big Gav, who we completely forgot in the NFL draft. Um, oh, conversation God, yeah. as well. Of course, he'd go top five without a doubt. Um, by the way, on hey, fa- man, Mike Phillips <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook, it, Dane Coles has come up um, from people mentioning us that he should come up, and you're, they're absolutely right. He I, yeah. he would come up in a conversation of if if rugby union was having a draft system, he, he'd be right up there, wouldn't he? Yeah, the, just because the the complete skill set he offers to a position that doesn't normally have uh, that, that complete he, he's an auxiliary outside centre if you need one as well not since Phil Greening retired yeah <laughs> so nice one George Bronson for that message on Facebook um, yeah it was a yeah like Big Gav did the business in the first half for Bristol 
Well, yeah. I, as, I, I was watching the scoring live, and what, they give nine points up. Yeah. All yeah. big up ends. Like, this, this is their day. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> Here we go. It, well, I, I picked it up on, at half time. I was like, what? <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> now, did I get this right? Tompkins and Lazowski, both in centres. Uh, towards the end of the game. Did, did it start like that? I've got a feeling it did. Oh, no. It might not have because there is a slight error when the team sheets were announced. No, it did. Oh, they, did it? Yeah, they started there. Yeah, so there was an error with the, with the team sheets, which meant all of Bristol's players moved forward one number. So when you read the team sheet, it was like Gavin Henson on the wing. Um, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Al, um, Al, what's his name? The scrum off. Alberson? What's it? Matthew, Al, uh, Albie Matthewson. Albie Matthewson, yeah. What, what did you call him? Matthew Albison. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was playing number eight. Number eight. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, right, okay. So that, so that actually did happen. Yes, it did. Well, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you'd have thought Farrell would be itching for game time at twelve. At twelve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that that was really interesting, and you, you wondered if that's a glimpse into the future. That was um, yeah. We see Owen Farrell pop up for England at twelve, mm. but. Alex Lazowski has had... He's been signing of the season. He's Ooh. been one of the players of the season. That's a surely, surely yeah, is there anyone? Is there anyone that's had more of an impact than Alex Lazowski t- as a new signing? A couple of guys that I can think of. Uh, Khan Fotolihi. Uh, oh, Lu- yes, that's fair. And, and Louis, Louis Pickamol. Louis Denny. Uh, Denny is a pretty good signing. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Perhaps not as good as uh, Pickamol's. But Alex Lazowski, uh, uh, they yeah. haven't to not notice that much when Owen Farrell is away because he was yeah. injured for the first six eight weeks of the season as he well. Was. Let's not forget, and he missed with England. Yeah, uh, tremendous value. Tremend- I mean, I don't know how much they're paying him. It might be terrible value. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to assume it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good value. I mean, uh, what's with, the, go? with the KPMG running the numbers as well, it's definitely going to be good value. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, maybe it's just one of these things for Saracens. You know, with a couple of guys leaving, uh, so on and so forth, just get your best players on the field. Yeah, and, and well, for Saracens as well, they've got some brutal fixtures coming up. They're going to play it. Well, they're going to play a final in two weeks, what's followed a, what, by a semi-final a week after that, wasps followed by away, potentially another. Yeah, what's away? Claremont in Edinburgh, and then. Well, it's going to be a good team at uh, home or away. A semi-final, and then potentially another final, so, and then another final. And then oh no yeah yeah so, yeah yeah then so two final. finals one semi final and the wasps game which is effectively a semi like, which which could be a semi final or final yeah um, and then half their squad will either be travelling straight down to New Zealand oh. or to Argentina these boys put in some put in a real shift I'll tell you what someone who won't be travelling anywhere with any international squad but looked the nuts this weekend Chris Ashton again. He's so good. The little He's grubber chip so through good. and collect. Um, oh, there was the, there was the try that was disallowed. He was he was offside, but in the first few minutes, he again did an amazing foot, footballing bit of skill and just he's class. Much like David Strettel, much kind of maligned in some quarters, and then only really it's when you look back or when he was about to go, you sort of thought, oh, he's actually really pretty really good. Pretty good. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. Same with um, abandoning too. Benders, Benders. So yeah. yeah. Oh well. <laughs> uh, uh, I think it is worth mentioning this game as well. Yeah, go on. Para Petrus Duplessis. Yes. One hundred and fifty-sixth or one hundred fifty-seventh appearance for Saracens. One hundred and seven Premiership games. He's played. 
and it's his first, first. and second Premiership trays. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. In both, in, both in as uh, in a driving mall. Yeah. But he's played all those games, won all those trophies with Saracens and never scored a try. Yeah. And he's about to go off to London Irish and uh, he's bagged a brace. What was quite funny about that is, bearing in mind, you know, props, I don't think many props really give too much attention to their appearance <laughs> just you, you there's no point is there it's like you know trying to polish a turd with the places they put their their heads and it's no wonder that they end up battered and bruised that they <laughs> you, you could be a beautiful looking man you play a season at prop and you, you look a mess um so Have i told you about jamal ford robinson yet um what are you going to tell me about his beauty regime yeah, maybe. Um, um, let me just say, say, say on power. So he um, <laughs> he scored his first try, first ever Premiership try in however many games, over a hundred games, and everyone came up and was celebrating, ruffling his hair and stuff. <laughs> and the shot of him was his name, first Premiership try, and but all he was doing was putting his hair back yeah. in place, yeah. patting it down, patting it down, patting it down. He, he ruffled it up. His nice bleach blonde hair, bit too bit. Bleached a bit too blonde. A little bit too yeah. blonde. He, Jamal Ford Robinson likes a bit of bleach blonde, and he's part of his uh, mohit mohawk. He most certainly does. And with him moving to Northampton ne- next year, uh, I've been reliably informed that he's going to do his hair uh, alternate green, black, <laughs> and, and yellow down a mohawk. Wow, that'll be interesting. So how so how do you like that? Things we're doing rugby haircut section on the pod. Did well, you don't, see? Don't, don't we always? It's just a regular <laughs> segment, isn't it? Did you see Danny Hair? Danny Care's Danny new hair. hair. Danny Hair. Danny Hair. Uh, I know. Mm, uh, oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like bleach blonde, but not quite blonde enough, so it's a little bit gingery. Yeah. With the high and tight fade. Nice. No, awful. Sorry. Uh, yeah. He's persisting with the high and tight fade. Bit he, too he was gin- one of the pioneers of the high and tight fade. Yeah. So like, he certainly was. So the high and tight fade has kind of aged as he has. So it doesn't look as, <laughs> as ridiculous as you know. As if a 30-year-old had got it done when he first got it done. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it was like right. the, the, the hipst- hipsters, yeah. hipsters had it, and then the, the people before that that had it and managed to look all right with it was people going into war in 1915. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but Bleach Blonde, that doesn't look good on anyone no. over 21. No. Unless it's, I don't know, for some reason or other. Oh, uh, Tim, something else <laughs> about um, Jamal Ford Robinson. It was right in, right in your wheelhouse. You ready? I'm ready. Have a look at a wrestler called Crisis who might or might not look like Jamal Ford Robinson. Crisis. Are you, are you saying he models himself on Crisis the Wrestler? Uh, I'm saying he might be Crisis the Wrestler. Chris Crisis? Is it is that him? Crisis. I can't remember the. Um, it's. A, Crow Crisis? No. no. It, Don Crisis Vico Batamango? No. Uh, Wrestle Crisis? It, a crisis spelt with a K and with Ooh. a Y. Oh, okay. You need to One say. Y or two Ys? I don't know. I'm not the guy for spelling. Read my Twitter. <laughs> crisis. <laughs> crisis. I'm getting some weird images. <laughs> none of them look like. WBW Crisis? No. Oh. Mate, mate, oh, this is not going well. It, it, it isn't going great, is it? I'm, I'm getting quite a few images of Crichton from Red Dwarf. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can reliably inform you that if you... <laughs> How are you spelling crisis again? I don't bloody know. I'm K-R-Y. Spelling... <laughs> I'm the last person on earth that you need to be asking this. Well, actually, no. As I brought it up, I would guess I'd be fairly high up the list. 
Here you go, mate. I've got it on my phone, thankfully. Is it Alex Crisis? So K-R-I-S-Y-S versus Tyson James. This is amazing. This is, it's, a re- it's a really top-end well, podcast. Look, you, do you want to see the pictures I'm getting for the way you've just spelled Crisis Wrestler? Yeah, Are you getting the same as I am? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm gonna, uh, I think she's in a very different line of business, this woman. This is a work computer. I'm, is that a, I'm aborting this search <laughs> right now. Right, so maybe we'll just uh, <laughs> maybe we'll just stick to rugby, hey? How about yeah. That? Well, I'll tell you what, Before, just as we've come to this little natural break, um, did you see... The Ask Warren hashtag early this week. <laughs> no, no. So the two things that uh, happened on Monday last week was the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast came out. Obviously, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's one of that the happened. big the big moments in the in the rugby week. And the second thing that happened on Monday was Warren Gatland agreed with Standard Life, the sponsors, one of the main shirt sponsors of the Lions, to do a, 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 a an a Twitter question and answer session with the rugby fraternity. Oh, it sounds sounds like nothing could go wrong. Sounds like nothing could possibly go <laughs> wrong. Uh, I've picked out some of my favourite Ask Warren questions. <laughs> <laughs> questions like um, Neil Clark. Well, I did look into it, and it's not Neil Clark who used to play for Exeter Chiefs and Oyana and <laughs> etc. Anyway, Neil Clark's question, hashtag Ask Warren. Warren, you have the best job in the world by miles, so why are you so miserable? Has someone shat in your slippers? <laughs> Ooh, dear. There was lots of sarcastic questions like that. Uh, Keith Taylor, if a plane is travelling at 550 miles per hour and has 11,500 miles to go, how many Welshmen should really be on it? <laughs> Which I quite liked. Uh, Stuart's question was hashtag Ask Warren, who is your dentist? Um, he has had some some good veneers popped in, hasn't he? Andrew Bo- Andrew Bond with lots of people saying ones like this. Warren, quick question: Did you watch any of the Six Nations this year? Um, and Ross Manson, did you think Scotland got independence and weren't British anymore? Um, and then there were silly questions like Alex Dodds, what type of adhesive polythene carpet protector would you recommend for my living room? <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favourite type ones. Yeah, I quite, I quite like them. Uh, the Valley Viking said, are you, the, are you only taking Tommy Seymour in order for, for, to have someone to scale your ladder and clean your windows whilst you're back home? <laughs> and um, Mark Smith said, do you think Rob Howley would struggle to attack a wet paper bag? Nice, nice. I've got a question for Warren as well. I'll add this one to the to the, to the questions. Ask Warren. Warren, why don't you get rid of your goatee with a cornerstone razor? Oh, nice. there you go. The best razor on the market. That's a fact. And it's it's bugging me that when big sporting events like the Lions come about, suddenly people like George North put their name to Gillette. Or Gillette put their name to, Nor- to George North. To more, George North or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So make the smart decision. Don't take our word for it. Take any number of independent people judging the quality of razors, and they always come up with Cornerstone as the market leader in terms of quality of the razor that is a fact it's a mail order razor you get it delivered straight to you in a beautiful cornerstone presentation box and because you listen to us you can get for just four pounds less than a pint in the place we're going for a drink straight after this podcast uh, you could get six razors and an engraved aluminium shaft personalised with your initials whichever ones you want all you need to do is go to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at checkout there you go well I'm glad that that's come to an end because I've found Crisis versus Tyson James. Hey, Tim. Oh, go on. 
By the way, hold it up to the microphone. So I'll just show you now. Um, they've got some kind of fall guy fighting him. So uh, what, what sort of tin pot wrestling is this? It's some London franchise. Look, look at the size of him. Oh, he does look a bit like Jamal Ford Robinson. It yeah. is Jamal Ford. <laughs> it's Jamal Ford Robinson. <laughs> he's got. He's worked hard on those quads. Yeah. Check out those quads, Philip. I'm, I'm a bit. So who brought? How did did you find Crisis the wrestler and think that looks like Jamal Ford Robinson? No, he told. No, he Jamal told. Jamal Ford Robinson was aware of a guy. No, no. Jamal Ford Robinson is, is crisis, crisis, right? He told me on the rugby dungeon. Yeah, are you actually Boom. ding, ding, <laughs> ding. It's not. It's not actually Jamal Ford Robinson. It is. <laughs> he even posted it himself. Are you? Are you haven't? No, don't be stupid. I'm <laughs> <laughs> stupid. That is Jamal Ford Robinson. Get out of town. No, I'm not having it. It, it is. Look, look who posted it. He's just that's. I'll even show, show you the text when he sent me the sent me a text. Oh, that's that's a game changer. That. It's amazing, uh, isn't it? Right. If that is real and that's genuinely him, then BT Sport, um, I need to have a word. They need to They need to get this on. They, they, got, yeah. on, they got on board with the Corbs rap. They need to get a Crisis the Wrestler, get a little ring on, well, on Rugby Tonight. How about this? Tag team partner, Crisis, Borislav. Yes, oh, Borislav. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm just saying. Petrus Duplessis. I'm a matchmaker. Front row union. <laughs> love it. you going to be the new Vince McMahon. I'd love to. Do you know what I'd give to be Vince McMahon? <laughs> Every time the sun's out and I'm in a suit jacket, I start walking like you. Don't, don't mean to. It just happens. <laughs> rugby. Rugby. Rugby, rugby, rugby. Um, right, I've got an apology to make. I've made this apology a couple of times, and I'm sure you, you won't be far behind me, gents. Um, Exeter Chiefs. Sorry, Rob Baxter, for ever doubting you. Yep. I, I've always loved him. Um, I've always thought he was outstanding. I, di- I thought after the start of the season they had, well, firstly, before the season, I predicted they wouldn't finish as high and they'd struggle to get in the top four. Yep. It would be touch and go if they'd make top four. And then about 10 games into the season when they'd only won one game, we thought it's all fall- the wheels have fallen off. Exactly. Oh, my word. They are dominating teams. Seven bonus point victories in a row now. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I've come to the conclusion that just because I don't understand what he's doing doesn't mean it's wrong. So, and <laughs> it's big of you to admit that. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I was thinking about this. Um, Bath today, yeah, good performance. We've struggled all season. The players that, that they lost at the end of last season, i.e., Woodburn, Devoto, they weren't really starters for them. No, yeah, but they've been yeah. exceptional. Yeah, absolutely exceptional. I mean, it's the they're the opposites of wasps. They are all about coaching, all about systems, all about playing playing together. They're they're incredible. Yeah, I was just I, exactly what I was thinking as well. It's it, the players on their roster. You read down that list of players, and they're all solid players. Complete, but yeah, but I'm just a few lucky Turner. Um, re- decent player but you again might... he was kind of surplus he's been surplus elsewhere wasn't really loved Ollie Devoto like you say he's got a lot of promise Ollie Woodburn as you say exactly what I popped out Townsend their scrum half 19 19 yep. years of age and they've got Jack Maunder, Maunder. going to the England squad <laughs> yeah. Carl Rimmer loosehead prop um, Moon Jack, Jack Yendall hooker uh, Dave Dennis second row uh, Kai Horseman number 8 I mean these aren't guys that you go they are Oh, they're they're Premiership class. They're they're top elite yeah. I mean, class, but they're I playing s- like it. I mean, I guess that's to make an argument. I think you'd say there's a bit of star power in Lockie Turner when he arrived. He was at Toulon 
uh, or some or somewhere prior to that, yeah. he's maybe the fastest man in rugby or something. Clearly, he's not because that's Ollie Woodburn. Um, <laughs> James Short, another one. I mean, how many how many clubs has James Short been to? Yeah, and he's amazing at, um, at Exeter now. Yeah, they're an incredible outfit. They just There's... don't they don't have masses of stardust. They've got little bits here and there. Do you think Jack Knoll and things you, like that. But do you that's, think that's why it works. Yes. Yeah, yeah but exactly as you say, they get more they're they're the again to uh, this will only be of benefit to anyone who follows American football as well, but they're like they're like the New England Patriots. Yeah. They trust, trust the system. Rob Baxter does his homework and and they find value where others don't see value. Yeah. And then the systems make the the combination of everyone better than the sum of the parts. Uh, by the way, don't take system as a boring thing, because quite far out from, say, about the halfway line, they play some really expansive stuff. R- really expansive stuff. And when you've got what they have, and then you finally do get a, you know, a potential world-class player like um, Jack Noll, the results are spectacular. Yeah. Jack Noll was brilliant. There's a number of those players that you mentioned to me who were outstanding this weekend. Probably none more so than Jack Noll. Yeah. Have they got what it takes to beat Saracens? Because I think they're the only team that they, they can't beat. At home, yes. Yeah. Although they lost at home to them, did they not? Uh, Early in the season, Early yes. Early in the season, maybe. Early in the season, yeah. But yeah, I, I, think they, I think they can. I think they can beat anyone at home. Um, at a neutral venue, if Saracens have got a full team, <sighs> give me Saracens, I'm afraid. Especially in a big cup game... Or a final West. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Saracen's more climatized to that kind of atmosphere. And Exeter, you say, Tim, seven bonus point wins on the bounce and they have been scoring so freely. If you get that Saracen, that oppressive, suffocating Saracen's defence, shutting them down behind the game line over and over and over again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they know how to deal with that. No, I'm not sure any, a, anyone does. But there again, I mean, I guess what they could do, or what what they are able, able to do, is tighten up substantially. Uh, you know, they you know they can play the percentages, they can play the territory game too. They can do, yeah. And God, they they, they I mean. It wasn't close after the first half last year, but then the end result was in the in the Aviva final. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's going to be. The, I think that will be the final. Mind, mind you, no, because could they play each other in the semi final? Yeah. So I think, well, we can get onto this a little, in a little bit more depth. But if, if Saracens beat Wasps and are in the top two with Exeter, then it's probably going to be the case that Exeter play Leicester, Saracens play Wasps. It'll be a reverse of. This weekend's uh, the next yeah. weekend's fixture. Yeah. So it could well be an Exeter Saracens final. final. But if Wasps win, then it will probably end up being Exeter v Saracens at, at Sandy, Sandy Park. Park. Wow. 
and then we'll we'll we'd really find out. <laughs> and, yeah. and it would be Saracens playing the week after the final against Claremont, which mm. is just gonna this this Saracens team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yep, be very very tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on on Saracens, didn't mention it before. Have you seen they made a couple of signings this week? Yeah, go on. Um, they signed Christopher Tullafua from um, Toulouse. Toulouse. Yeah, who's a 19 stone, 23 year old hooker. Mm-hmm. And they got another big boy. Uh, well, the, Will, Will Skelton is one of the big boys, but they've um, announced Dominic Day. Dominic Day, yeah. Oh, yeah. Second row coming back from Melbourne Re- Rebels via yeah. Japan. Yeah. Very, very nice. So, Who looks like he's a kind of a light for light replacement for Jim Hamilton. Jim Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. that feels about right to me. Yeah. 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 Very much so. As a kind of squad player, you know you'll get um, any, a decent performance. Any other tra- transfer talk? Um, I'm trying to think. It's all very quiet at Sale Sharks. What has happened to Faf de Klerk that everyone was talking about? What's happened to... Did I discuss this last week? Uh, we, might, we might have talked about some stuff off the podcast. Um, about elig- eligibility of players and that kind of thing? Um, we might have talked about some, some various bits of uh, politics going on with this, the scrum half targets. Right, OK. So I'll, I'll, I'll make it as vague as I possibly can, <laughs> right? But um, oh, that, That'll please everyone. Let's keep more <laughs> or less vague than Ellis Genge and what he got up to pre-going to Leicester. Yeah, so as I understand it, OK, they agreed... Oh, and you're talking about sales sharks, do a ding. Yeah. As I understand it, they agreed to do a deal with a certain scrum half who is not English qualified, okay? When they did the deal with the English uh, qualified um, scrum half, all of a sudden, James O'Connor came onto the market. So instead of just saying, no, actually, um, we don't need you anymore, they sent him the contract and then just kept absolutely silent. So we, we believe, we, we have heard, allegedly... Sent the scrum half the contract and then stayed silent. Yeah. And what's the... Uh, importance of James O'Connor because, because he's not a scrum half. Yeah, because that takes their non-English qual- qualifying. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, the, no, the non-English qualifying. So there's some... I'm going to get it's horribly wrong now and people are going to say, why are you even talking? Which is fair. Um, <laughs> so then they needed to address the, address the, scrum, the scrum half position again, which is why the Faf de Klerk thing came in because South Africans aren't bound by the same rules. Oh, because of the uh, co- former Commonwealth. Oh, yeah. what's it called? The, the, I can't remember what the what it's called. Yeah, because yeah. cricket has the same. Yeah, I can't thing. I can't remember something what it's called. Packed or something, isn't it? Uh, K. It begins with a K in it somewhere. Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then that. So, so then, <laughs> yeah. I'm being as vague as JB yeah. is. So then that. So then that happened. For, uh, they went for Faf de Klerk, so they, they could still do the uh, still bring in a international class scrum half. Um, and then it sounds like James O'Connor isn't happening. That could be for a number of reasons, which means they've gone back to Scrum Half, who now wants nothing to do with them. So that in ba- so the, it's basically is what what is happening. So I understand they've messed up. They've messed up signing two international players, basically, or three, well, depending or three, on. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they had they had one. Thought they'd trade for another one. Yeah, um, and then. <laughs> he didn't want it. They went for a third one before going back to the one they, only... they before the one they went back to originally. Who now th- thinks, "Oh, I'm third choice, not first yeah. choice." Do one. I, I can only I can only describe this as 
it's like a kid who is very good in a go-kart and he kind of impresses on like the track <laughs> and then you throw him into a car with 500 horsepower and he rams it into a wall continuously <laughs> uh, they've got money they just what, don't are you know describing what... Steve Diamond here or <laughs> well, Sharks as an organisation yeah, what's going on I mean They've got money. They just don't seem to be able to uh, to spend it. <laughs> Having said that, John O'Ross is a, a fantastic signing, and Strauss is quite the capture. But um, I, you know, as long as it doesn't go past eight, they'll, they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. I mean, they they need halfbacks. They need halfbacks urgently. Well, and it turns out, would you believe it? There aren't that many world class halfbacks about. Are they not? I've, no, no, not, I've, no. That's, that that does surprise me. If I was to guess, right, and this is a complete guess. Don't be surprised if you see one of these kind of get out of jail free clauses where they do sign an international fly half, but it's someone like Rory Jackson, <laughs> uh, Rodri Jackson, and that's not a knock on Rodri Jackson, but you know when it, it's kind of yeah, he has played international, but he's not an international. Yeah, that's what will happen. Yeah, well, they they had a very very poor performance at the weekend again. Nothing to play for, so we can we can skirt over that one. Yeah, Let's... and can do, on the on the subject before of annoying things that directors directors of rugby say. A sale got pumped, absolutely pumped by uh, Leicester, and it's like yeah, well Leicester had things to play for, uh, and uh, we've got six guys in in England squad. Not really an excuse, is it? No, no, it's not. No, it doesn't justify <laughs> that was the, the performance. Worst thing I've, I've ever heard Steve Diamond say, and usually he's pretty good after after, <laughs> after the fact. Well, he, he was less angry than he normally is for, after a massive pumping. Yeah, which I mean, is a bit surprising. And, w- and when there, but the thing is, there was always different excuses. Go back, go back six months, and it would be a bad loss. It'd be like, yeah, well, you know, we're the unfashionable northern club. We don't get any England players. Be, no, no one cares about us. So yeah, uh, to be fair, at the start of the season, they did have a. Horrible run of games. Toulon twice, Saracens twice. They had ex- uh, uh, Exeter turn around their season at Sale. You know, so <laughs> the tipping point goes no, no, both ways. They they didn't have a any tougher a set of fixtures anyone else. That's, well, that's, that's a weak excuse. They're, they're the only well. team in the Premiership to have played sa- uh, Saracens four times and played Toulon. Yeah, well, twice. Anglo Anglo Welsh Cup two. Uh, oh no, uh, Champions Cup two. Champions, Champions Cup. Cup. Yeah. Champions yeah. Cup. Pr- doesn't doesn't excuse Premiership anyway. Um, but yeah, because they was they were so poor and nothing riding on it, it's not worth talking about. So where where are the pressure points in the Avicii Premiership now? We've got that sixth position, which is a which is a shootout. It's become a what's really cool about this weekend coming up is there's two games which are, are just basically shootouts for positions. So you have Harlequins going to Northampton with a three point cushion. So either of those teams could get the sixth position and a, and a Champions Cup spot. Yeah, and then you've got as we've discussed already, Saracens and Wasps shooting out for a home semi final. Mm. Which could be very, very important from Wasp's point of view. Then, much better at home. Yeah, much, much better. Yeah, at home. and on the back of a few, as we've already said, a few poor performances, um, you really hope that Wasps kind of turn it around to make things more interesting. Okay, so hang on. Why don't we make this our pick? Our pick of the week. Go on then. So. With Leo Vegas and Egg Chasers, you can get. So with Leo Vegas, you we're going to try and give you some advice, some thoughts anyway, to get you thinking on what could be, um, 
well, you could have a little flutter with Leo Vegas. They love rugby. You'll see their their brand and their name across the back of Leicester Tigers shorts. And they they, they handpicked the Egg Chasers podcast because they wanted to reach out to you and let them know of uh, the fact they care, really care about rugby. They'll give you great odds, great options if you want to have a flutter in rugby union. So our game of the week, uh, it's Saracens Wasps, I take it? Uh, I'd say so, 100%. Yeah, okay. Definitely. So, Wasps have been fantastic at home this season. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in fact, Phil, do you want to, can you break this one down at all a, a little bit? You're pretty good statistically. Well, um, <laughs> well, like fifty percent is okay. Yeah, pretty good. Half the time, get it right every time. Exactly. Go on. Um, so, Wasps are in first place in the Viva Avicii Premiership on seventy nine points, um, just ahead of Exeter in terms of points four. Um, and matches won as well. Importantly, they've won 16 games. Exeter have only won 14. Um, Saracens have also won 16 games. Hmm. And are two points behind purely because of the bonus points. Saracens have not won as many bonus points as Wasps. Um, what's probably going to There's two things at play here in my mind. One, home advantage for Wasps. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, Saracens cannot play a full strength team I don't think you think that the risk is too great yeah I think they'll have to make at least a few changes at least a handful of changes mm. um, what those changes are could actually impact things a huge amount yeah I completely agree um, <clears throat> and I'm not quite sure what those changes are going to be so I, I would like to say if you're missing uh, think of the key players for, for Saracens Good, Farrell Farrell Vunipolas Itoji yep and Cruis and Cruis and yeah. Berger well I think yeah Itoji and Cruis together because Berger you can get bring in Jackson Ray yeah, do you know do what? a good they... job Michael Rhodes I'm, do a good job I, I'm gonna I'm gonna question your they have to rest players because there's so if they get to the final of the Avicii Premiership, there is one, two, three, four games left. Yeah. Yep. They've just had a week off. Well, some of the players have had a week off. A lot, a lot yeah. of them haven't. So the Vunapola started, yeah. or Farrell started. And pre- prior to that, did they have a week off? No, they were straight, nope, in, straight into it. So I guess yeah. the, uh, the question they've got to ask themselves is the home, mm. is that home semi worth the risk? Yeah, you look at it one of two ways. I don't know. I don't know that it's in Saracens. Oh, I suppose that you, if you changed up a load of players and lost, but gave a good account of yourself, you could mentally turn that around yeah. for so, the same game yeah. again because they would yeah. probably go to Wasps again, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah. So uh, I, they, no, oh, they no. go to Exeter. No, they go to Exeter. They go to Exeter. You could probably process that mentally in your mind and still yeah. turn yourself around and. Yeah, so on this point, mm. um, with Saracens, I think they will rotate, but not necessarily for the reasons Phil says, okay. which is explicitly to rest better players. I think they'll rotate because they have a big squad who they trust. So I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered about that. Right? They can interchange Jamie George. They can interchange some of the props. They, you know, they gave Wigglesworth a, a game off this week. Yeah, you know, and they don't really lose much for having De Kock or, Be- or Ben Spencer. You know, so that's that. That's okay, I guess. Um, just fast forwarding to the actual game itself, I think this is going to be a, a bit tricky for Saracens. 
because they have beat Wasps already this season. Yeah. But I don't know if you remember, they they became really unstuck against Wasps last season. In fact, they got an absolute oh, hiding. Got, yeah. And I think that I think that if you want to beat Saracens, Wasps might have that, you know, that sort of recipe to do so. That fast attacking uh, attacking game with a ton of pace. I, I think that so Saracens will be looking to kick the ball to Wasps um, and then pressure them and make them make mistakes in their own half. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's some stat about the number of Wasps tries and points that are scored from about halfway out. Yes, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right there. <clears throat> and so Saracens' kicking game will look to go try and try and pin them deep in their own half because they are Wasps are at their most dangerous when they get kick return ball with a bit of space and around about halfway. Yeah, so yeah. they'll cut you to shreds. I think this might be where I think set piece will be important, but I actually think that the kick chase is going to be where it's won, won and lost, thinking it through through logically. Because if that Saracens kick chase isn't spot on, and Christian Wade gets a half break, or Beal gets a half break, or Willie Larue, yeah, Willie Larue's uh, there now, or Elliot Sippers, I've got Elliot, yeah, Gopuff, exactly. Who made a brilliant break against uh, Quinns? Yes, he did. Is one of the best moments from a Wasps perspective in the, the, their game this weekend. So actually, when you look at that firepower, if Saracens aren't completely on their game, and I've got no, I've got you know nothing to suggest that they won't be, but if they're not, this could be the team that do them some serious damage. Christian Wade. Right. Have I mentioned my theory uh, on the no. podcast? That he he did something with Go on. some <laughs> relative of Eddie Jones or something? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. I, I think Christian Wade, you know you call Jamie Heaslip a flat track bully? Oh, yes. Into, I'm into this. Go on. Christian Wade scores lots and lots of tries when you look at the premiership he's always right up there in the top try scorers but last season he scored six tries against Worcester yep this season did he get four or five five yeah I think he's a flat track bully just, but he's, only for Worcester well just against weaker teams yeah um, he'll score nice he'll score great tries when he's given a bit of space and room to manoeuvre yeah I'm looking at down at previous games he scored against Gloucester he scored against Worcester <laughs> yeah He'll get he'll get one or two against the good teams. He won't score six tries I, against Saracens. I think he can. I think he, I think he can be well marshaled. Yeah, which is you know pretty important. Um, hard to say. Hard to say. So right, we need to, we, we're dancing around it, aren't we? Yeah. So let's get into this. It's then. a very difficult game to predict. I I called this a couple of weeks back, uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm calling it now that that wasps are going to drop out of the top two, and they're. Yeah, Saracens are going to win. Having watched their performance on Friday night, I find it hard to argue with that. Mm, I tend to agree. I think Wasps will drop out of the top two. And that um, was with all the players that we were talking about the last week. We're going, well, you know. You... Well, it's that Sale game. When I watched them against Sale. Ding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there is some fragility there. Yeah. So, and it is business time now. It is time. Um, it is, it is that time where Saracens start to take things even more seriously than they already do. They'll yeah. be gearing up for, for finals. I'm going to go Saracens. I'm going to say by here we go, 13 points. That is away. Give me Saracens by five. 
You just mentioned something which just reminded me. Do you know what this is? Yeah. No. Flight of the Concord. Yeah. I know what you're trying to say, baby. Oh, you're so hipster. You're trying to say, oh, yeah. It's business time. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard this, have Very nice. Are, they, are those guys New Zealanders? They are, aren't yeah, they? They yeah. are, yeah. Very funny dudes. Very, yeah, I love Fight of the Concords. Um, right, so we're all going Saracens with victory. Yeah. Yeah. 13, wow. 5, and you're... And a, week ago, I, a week ago, I was absolutely certain that Wasp would get a home semi-final. No, I've not been that convinced. To be fair, I think they. I even said like next year, I think they might go, might go backwards because they're going to lose a lot of talent. And if that happens, they will go to Allianz most likely. Sale. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sorry, not Sale. Exeter. Yeah, Exeter go to Sale. No. Uh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Ex, ex, no. Exeter travel to Gloucester. Exeter travel to Gloucester. No. Right. Sale got Bath. Sale got Bath. Yeah, bath Sale. sale. Bath. Um, and Bath looking for that top six spot, um, the fifth spot. Well, no, they've they've wrapped that up now. Um, so yes, yeah, sorry, I'm getting confused. So Ex- right. Exeter go to Gloucester will probably win there, but it's not a foregone conclusion. Gloucester in their in their last home game will want to put in a performance, and we saw Harlequins last home game. Teams can raise their game for for one-off matches, and you wouldn't put it past Gloucester. But if it goes to form and goes the way we're predicting, then what we're saying is Exeter are going to be first yeah. in the t- table after the, re- the regular season, and we'll play Leicester at Sandy Park. Yeah. And Saracens will be second and play Wasps at Allianz Park. Yes. Yes. Um, Which will be a mental... That'll be a, a, beat, that'll be a mental now, beat down for Wasps to yeah. recover. Can I yeah. just add this? A completely illogical, pointless point. Which is, if you wanted to spin the roulette wheel against it, you know, against a team and you know, have the most dangerous team possible to play over and over again, it probably would be Wasps. It's not... In, in that respect, it isn't a great game... It isn't a great game to win. <laughs> with, with Wasps, you feel like they could, they could lose a game by twenty points. Yeah. Yes, against anyone. But they so could really. E- so you're messing up the law of averages. You're just, yeah. The more times you play, so, the more likely you are to come up, come a cropper yeah. in one of them. In so one of them. What yeah. I'm arguing is they should lose against Wasps to avoid playing Wasps <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the off chance that Wasps yeah. have a really good day. Yeah, that everything clicks, and then they can place. Exeter at Sandy Park who I think they match up against much better that's what that's what I would do that is our that is our Leo Vegas better the week get involved leovegas.com uh. <laughs> you couldn't have sounded more partridge then um, I've just noticed the new addition in the uh, in, down in the rugby dungeon here which I'm going to ask JB about in a moment but we've had a game a very quick game sent in Max Armstrong has uh, got in touch with a game which I'm going to play now which is Puma or Drug Kingpin. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Max has got in touch and said, evidently nicknames are a big thing in South America and Latin countries. <laughs> so can you guess if the following belong to an Argentinian rugby player or a notorious drug lord? Ooh, yes, please. Uh, you get a point for each and a bonus point if you actually get any of the players' names correct. So if you oh, know okay. from the nickname who the player is. So, El Toro. El Toro, which translates as the, the bull. bull. So are you more likely to see El Toro pushing hard drugs or pushing hard on a scrum machine? El Toro. Um, El Toro. It almost sounds too obvious to just be an Argentinian prop. Yeah, it it's does. Like a tra- it feels like a trap. 
Mind you, it's almost too obvious to be a drug lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going with? Uh, I'm going to say... Are, are, are these things mutually exclusive? <laughs> they, what, there is... Um, what there is one person who is both, <laughs> or, or two separate people? <laughs> well, one person that is both. Yeah, Ma- uh, Mark Sayers has got something to tell us about his uh, retirement. <laughs> um, Phil, uh, I think it's a double bluff. Give me a puma. Give me a prop. JB, I too think it's a prop. Um, which prop will it be? Um, don't know. Herrera. You're both correct. It is a prop. It's a puma. And it's Marcus Ayerza, known as El Toro. Oh, really? Uh, oh, I'm surprised I didn't know that. I thought yeah. we knew that along the line. Question two. El Chapo. Oh, Which means hey. shorty. El, El Chapo? Is El Chapo a violent and ruthless thug feared by his rivals or a drug kingpin? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, El Chapo? Wasn't that the guy in Mexico that just busted out? Was that Chapo? I'm going to say it's Chapo. I'm going to say Drug king, Kingpin. Oh, I'll I'll go for a scrum half then. Uh, El Chapo is a drug kingpin. Joaquin Guzman, a yeah. cartel boss who once escaped prison through a 1.5 kilometre tunnel uh, which led to the bottom of his cell. Someone knows they're criminals. Uh, next one is <laughs> El Osito. El Osito. What does that even mean? The Little Bear. The little bear. Does the little bear, El Osito, does he take his lines off the back of a scrum or the back of a <laughs> Colombian prostitute? <laughs> um, so, yeah, regarding the nicknames, little bear, anything which is which can sound ironic has to be a drug kingpin, doesn't it? I think, I think I've think i assessed this game. You're going for drug kingpin. And Phil? Uh, I'm going for a hooker. Um, I'm going f- specifically um, Creevy. It is a drug kingpin. Uh, Roberto it. Escobar Gaviria, brother and business partner of Pablo, Pablo. Escobar. Wow. Little bear. Yes. Are we going to get knocked off for this? This is stuff in the public domain. Um, El Cachorro. El Cachorro means the puppy. The perp- That's a drug king. Is the puppy more likely to meet James O'Connor on the pitch at the Stade Mayol <laughs> or in an alleyway near a Paris nightclub? <laughs> um, let me. The puppy. The puppy. The puppy. I'm going to say it's a fly half. I'm going to say it's Felipe Contepomi. Nice. Phil. Uh. I am going also a flop, well, no, also a rugby player. You can get an extra point yeah, if, you, if you get it right. Get the player if it, is, if it Con- is a player. He uh, said Felipe Contepomi. Felipe Contepepe. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, Cordero, the winger fullback. You're both correct. It's a, it's a Puma. It's Nicolas Sanchez. Oh! Aguares, oh. playboy, fly half, and former teammate of James O'Connor at Toulon. Uh, f- question five then. Two more to go. JB's leading by a couple at the minute. El Maggio. El Maggio, the magician. Uh, <laughs> can this magician disappear the ball from the back of a ruck or a body from the back of a truck? Ooh. El Maggio. Okay, so I've got it. It's a, it's a Puma and it's Augustin Pichot. Ah, very good. I'm going to say it's a gangster. It is a Puma. It is Juan Martin Hernandez, known oh, as El Maggio. I actually knew that. And final one, JB's already won it. Yeah. El Mulitas. El Mulitas, which oh. has nothing to do with the hairdo. It's, it means crutches. 
It's is a- Crutches the one who is always injured or the one who's always doing the injuring? Okay, so El Malatas is a rugby player. Is it not Shane Byrne? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a gangster You're correct Philip It's uh, drug kingpin Rosalio Reda Lopez A Mexican cartel hitman uh, JB won that round But I think the real winner was Max Armstrong For an outstanding quiz <laughs> I enjoyed that That's yeah. the most enjoyable I've had for that, a long that's time That's right up there Max Top work Puma or drug kingpin I've had others uh, email to me for future episodes as well um, Very good. Right. Um, so, uh, as we've already done one prediction for the Avicii, let's just quickly rattle off this fi- uh, these final ones then. Mm-hmm. So, the, the only one that really matters for position is Quinn's going to Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So, how do you see this one panning out? So, Saints have lost the last three, something like that, and they've lost a couple of them where they should have won and just lost in the last minute. So, not on a good run of form. Um they can overtake Quinns to the, to get into the top six, but I'm not sure if they will. No, uh, I don't think they will either. And Quinns did put in a very, very good performance. When they, when they do have all or certainly most of their players fit and firing, they, they look great. And so. where is it? Is it at the Gardens, yeah? It is at the Gardens. So, to me, these two teams are vying for the most disappointing team of the year. With, along with Gloucester, but we kind of expected that from Gloucester, didn't we? And certainly the second half of the season, Bath. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and in the Avicii Premiership, Gloucester. Yeah. We yeah. Just, oh, you said Gloucester. Yeah. yeah. And and Sale. <laughs> and uh, well, Bristol. And Bristol. Well, the thing is, the thing is, right. So you've got to kind of be measured on this, which is not everyone can finish in the top four. Uh, yeah, it's just maths. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, these places have to, have to be filled. And the, oh, let me just—I'm just making a note of that. <laughs> not everyone. Okay, got it. So, like, someone's got to finish sixth and seventh, and but they do. But they these do. these squads—the amount they've paid for these squads and the quality within them—I don't know. You expect the, the the standard of rugby to be a bit higher, particularly in the case of Northampton. Oh yeah. Um, so that would be my major criticism of them, but they are starting to play a bit better. I thought these guys had enough to go all all the way this season yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah, we called Saints in our top four. Yep, yep. But no, they they have. I think I think they have been the biggest letdown. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So the, pre-season predictions versus the actual reality, they can salvage something by getting Champions Cup. Yeah, because it wasn't just results; it was a performance too. If they fall, whichever team falls outside the Champions Cup, it's a failure. Whichever team makes the Champions Cup it's acceptable it's, it's about yeah yeah. it's about par it's probably still they would be hoping for better and they could achieve better if they got everything right Yeah. so um, I, I think Saints at home will squeeze it I think Saints can outmuscle them and I think Quinns can be very flaky so that is my logic for saying yeah definitely yeah, Quinns, I mean, ha- Quinns have one on the road but it's quite a rarity yeah that is, that's true they are a better team at home so yeah yeah, I, yeah. I'll go with that. Quinns. Uh, sorry, Northampton. Okay. There we go. Um, okay, so what other elements in the rugby stra- uh, arena do we want to talk about? There was a, there was a win for Edinburgh. Finally got a win. They did in the in the Pro Twelve. Wow. I mean, beating the Dragons. Quite incredible. Yeah. Uh, when a movable object, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Meets a stoppable force. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Great. Um, Ospreys are back within a point of the playoffs with a victory. Ugh, don't talk to me about that. Well, on that one, 
Emmett McNamara has tweeted us to at Rugby Podcast and, and, and posed a question, which I'll put to you, Phil. Ulster equal the Irish Gloucester. Discuss. <laughs> Hashtag next year. Um, except for the... the they've, you know, they've flattered to deceive as well, Ulster. But they after, are, a re- after a decent start. But they are in the mix for top four. Uh, well, well they, they, were. they were. This game pretty much means it. they can't. So what is it? what does the top of the Pro 12 look like? Leinster first... 84 points Munster yep. second 81 then a bit of a drop off Scarlets with 72 Ospreys with 69 and then Ulster with 64 with one game remaining so five points adrift with one game remaining okay well at least so mm. Leinster and Munster will have home semi-finals yeah it'll probably be that Leinster play Ospreys Ospreys it'll be two Irish teams at home to two Welsh teams more than likely it looks like it well, at least it's a bit more balanced because it did have there was a danger of it being completely Irish dominated. Yeah, you thought at one point it could be Leinster, Munster, Ulster, yeah, yeah, and and a another, yeah. But no, it's definitely not that not the case. But it will probably probably be the two semi finalists in Europe that have had a resurgence this year. And it is good to see the Irish provinces hammering everyone, playing well again. But uh, yeah, not necessarily so good to see them a good ten points comfortably and more ahead of the chasing pack. But um, yeah, so Leinster will probably play Ospreys. Munster will probably play Scarlets in the semi-finals. So all are we saying all Irish final? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. It looks, like, and it's in Dublin this year, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Twenty seventh. We might go to that. Oh, I'd like to go to that. That's on the same day as the Avicii final. Yeah, but I'd rather go to uh, go to Dublin and go to Twickenham. Just saying. Well, I've, I, out. I've heard the entertainment on the BT, BT stage outside the ground will be top notch. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hosted well. Uh, no. I've heard it's going to be hosted well, but it was with me and Andy Good. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gang fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, so do you want some backup? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. He's got Jim Hamilton backing him up <laughs> and, and that other bloke. No, joking, joking. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, how would this go down? It'll be like, it'll be badly, like the. Uh, let's let's, let's do it like the, uh, like the anchor man scene yeah. where all the news teams come take, out. We're going to have to take weapons. There's, there's no toys about it. Okay, so um, if Northampton, the most disappointing team in England, Who's the most disappointing team in the Pro 12? Ulster can't be far off. No. I'm just so frustrated. There's times this season they've looked incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look back to the home game against Claremont um, and the away game against Claremont where we uh, didn't win but put in a hell of a shift. Um, and some of the performances this season have been brilliant. I'd go with all, yeah. And then then there's been others. Like When I I travelled up to Edinburgh... One of Edinburgh's five wins this season, and the others have been against Treviso, Zebra, and Dragons. One of them has been against Ulster, and it was a, a time when Ulster had. So they were missing a few internationals, but they still had Piatau and they still had Pinar, um, and they still had a, should, a number of other talented players. Should they do the right thing and let P, uh, let uh, Piatau go? Let, let, let him fly, spread his wings. To wasps, you're thinking. <laughs> well, anywhere, really. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because well, well, so, it's all about next year, JB. Exactly. Well, you say Ulster, I say Glasgow. Yeah, Ulster and Glasgow, fifth and sixth. I mean, Glas- Glasgow is a very good shout, actually. Yeah. I like Glasgow. I like everything they do. I like their organisation. I like the way they play. I like the way they approach things. I love their, their, their coaching appointment for this year. And their current coach isn't too shoddy either. So I think the, we, the wheels are just kind of falling yeah. off, though. One eleven lost ten. It's, it's That's not n- good enough for Glasgow. Absolutely right, mate. And then last year's champions, Connacht. 
I can forgive that one. It's a bit Dominique. like Leicester. It's a bit like Leicester City in in, in the Premiership. You don't you don't imagine they're going to back it up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It is depressing though. Exactly how predictable the standings are in the pro in the Pro Twelve, especially the bottom half of the table. I mean, yeah. you know, you could kind of predict that. Maybe even in order. Um. Yeah, not far <laughs> like, off. It, on, on historic form, you probably nothing really changes. If you're going to predict the whole table, you you might swap Scarlets and Glasgow, and you might like swap about Ulster and Osprey's possibly. But then the I, rest, the I'm, rest of it. You, yeah, you're right. But then I'm not having that because I'm going back to the Avicii table and bottom bottom upwards: Bristol, Worcester, yeah. Sale Sharks, Newcastle, Gloucester. You, that's exactly the five teams you would have said would be in the bottom five. That's pretty fair. And you, well, no, <laughs> let me be clear. I was, uh, I said Sale would finish top six. So uh, <laughs> looks like the joke's on you, mate. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, one other thing this weekend. Okay. Um, did you see that two former rugby players' sons were playing this weekend? I'm going to say Warren Gatlands. Yeah. Do you know what his first name is? No, is he fly half or something? He is a fly half. Oh, uh, is it? Oh, hang on. Has he been selected in the President's 15 squad to play yeah, in the first Lions game? The presidential Barbarians or yeah. whatever they're called. There's a lot of politicking going on with this Lions tour, isn't there? Anyway, go on. Uh, so, uh, the guy that's just been called up to England, Piers Francis, mm-hmm. who is Blues, uh, I called him their second choice 10. Someone disputed that on Twitter. He's first or second choice 10. 1A. Yeah, 1A of 1A and 1B uh, with uh, Ihaya West. Um, but they're both injured. So Blue's third choice 10, clearly third choice 10, got drafted in, and it's Bryn Gatland. Ah, yes. So Any good? Uh, I'd, they won. They got a narrow victory against uh, Brumbies. Um, I didn't actually see much of the game, to be honest, apart from a couple of the tries. Um, he could then, therefore, play against... The Lions twice, presumably. Blues and... Blues and this Presidential Barbarians, or whatever they're called. I've, oh, God, I fear for the Lions. And there was another, an international Australian fly-halves son, played for England under-16s at fullback. A what? Say again? In, former Australian international fly-half. Yeah. Son. His son. Liner. Liner. Yeah. I was going to go with Liner. Was it Liner? Yeah, it was. Was he any good? I, I don't he's know. Playing, so, so Michael Liner's son, I suppose he's, he's been in, he's, he's been in England yeah. working at Sky Sports for so long. Yeah, his son's playing for England. So is that the future then? We need to go and grab the best, oh, geez, the best on the hemisphere talent, make them procreate over here, and steal their sons. Do you reckon there's a maybe? I mean, <laughs> like I bet it sounds like a Eastern European selective <laughs> breeding program. Maybe maybe we're going to find out about some. When Dan Carter about, works for Scrum Five Live, yeah, about some contract in a vault somewhere that's been kept under lock and key and hidden away. That, that actually, as long as they keep bearing sons, they can keep working for Sky Sports. Yeah, that's sounds... Michael Liner, Sean Fitz, Fitz Pitruck, <laughs> Sean Fitz Pitruck. He's that... got he's got a good stock. Mm. If he's got if, he, if he's got a son knocking about, there could be a potential England hooker. I, I feel that we would know about it though. Yeah, uh, it might be coming of age. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, who else? Like Scott Quinnell, maybe that's why we're keeping him over. Keeping oh. him working at Sky Sports, getting English. Surely he still lives in Wales. Yeah, yeah he, he, must, he, he must. There's no way he must. Well, he delivers those uh, massive checks to the people in the post-scored lottery. <laughs> <laughs> what would um, what would Jonathan Sprat sound like if he just won the postcode lottery, Tim? <laughs> no way! I can buy a car that goes forward. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't think there's any uh, there's any more places to go with this podcast. No, I you're think right. That's it. You're I think absolutely you're, right. I think you're probably right. Actually, uh, there is a couple more things briefly. Firstly, the the, uh, the the last 90 seconds of the Leinster v Glasgow game was reminiscent of England versus um, at the Six Nations game, England Wales was it? No, Wales, oh, Wales France. Wales France. Sorry, when it just went on and on and on for ten minutes, it was really tense. One point victory for Leinster, having led the game. There was the floodlight being turned off um, for tw- <laughs> a twenty-minute stop down in the game, and then there was this dramatic last ninety seconds at the RDS. And there was one little cool bit where, when the lights were all out, everyone put their mobile phones on like they're a, a, a gig singing it singing a, a, a ballad it was a it was a, it was a nice moment and a, and a really cool spectacle not necessarily in the way that most fans would like or uh, or would have planned or definitely would not would have planned for but that last 10 minutes was gripping and Leinster just managed to hold on and Glasgow we were talking about them underperforming they could have come away with a with a really rare victory from the RDS. Not many teams do that. No, they don't. That's uh, sure. And the only other thing we have to do as well is is the, the Lions shirt, the untouchable oh, yes. jersey that we got given by uh, Canterbury, an actual match jersey of all the same specifications that the Lions players will wear on, in the tour to New Zealand. Uh, what, you could be one of the very few people to have this particular um, version of the shirt that is match-type jersey. So how are we giving this one away? Well... First of all, the mandatory stash tag. Okay, so you've got this far, you've got to use the stash tag. Second of all, we want you to try and spread the word of this podcast as far as possible. So I'll give you an example. If you work for HSBC and you go mail all staff with our podcast link on, please screenshot that and send it to send it to us. You will almost certainly win. You will also. There's a good chance you'll get fired if you do that. Hey, but but uh, well, untouchable shirt, right? Yeah, give so, up a. High-paying job for HSBC, but get a... Priceless. A lion shirt is priceless. You asked those boys. Exactly. Well, it's not priceless. It's about 70, 70K, <laughs> those ads. But still, spread the word of the podcast however you want. Uh, include us on, on a tweet with the hashtag stash tag. And, well, we'll just decide in so, an arbitrary manner. Yeah, it could be a, it could be as simple as you fire out a tweet to everyone that you're on Twitter with and just demand that they listen to the podcast and put a link to the podcast up um, and say how amazing it is that's fantastic you could if you spend the afternoon uh, tapping strangers on the shoulder making them download our podcast yeah that counts yeah you could make a big sign uh, and stand in your high street um, advertising the podcast and get someone to take a picture of it yeah like like, like the guys who work for Domino's yes exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, or you could I'm just trying to think of, uh, of an example you could if you're, you, you could make a fantastic Photoshop advert yeah if um, you're a commercial pilot you could write it in the sky yeah <laughs> you could take to any number of online uh, forums and uh, and just make some quite funny demand of people listening to the podcast whatever it is we're, we're going to reward uh, effort ingenuity or just passion mm. and we do have two at least two RF pilots that listen. So maybe, you know, a banner behind behind us on Edo would be cool. It, it certainly would be. Yeah. It, it, it certainly would be. A uh, hot air balloon maker, make a hot air balloon. Yeah, Whatever. A rugby ball-shaped hot air balloon. Whatever. Big or small, have a crack. Do Just do something. And, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got not just this amazing shirt, but we could have some little runners-up prizes as well. So get involved. Uh, you know where to find us on Twitter and whatnot, at Rugby Podcast. Did, did we have a stash tag? Yeah, stash tag. Hashtag, should we just, hashtag. Should we just say hashtag stash tag? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's not hashtag 
Hashtag stash tag. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's hashtag stash tag. Yeah. Okay. Got it? So use the hashtag stash tag. Yeah. Perfect. Simple. Okay. I think we're... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Clear on that. I think, I think now we are pretty much done. We are definitely done now. 